As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. We've had a few ex-police on the podcast and everybody in the comments has really enjoyed the stories. We had John Wedger on, ex-Scotland Yard detective of over 20 years. The video is original one. It's got hundreds of thousands of views. If you've not seen it, it's in the top of the description box below this video. I urge you to go over and watch it. And in summary, John joined the police. His intentions were honourable. He was assigned to vice... And as he documented the comings and goings, he saw that the customers for the underage girls were elites, celebrities, and whenever the investigations were going to come to a conclusion, orders from the top came to shut them down. So he realized there was a concerted cover-up of elite abuse going on at the highest levels of the politics and the police. And there is. <laughs> so you've, you've put loads of questions and comments below the video for him. And he's back here today. And what would you like to start with today, John? Well, I'll just move, move from where we've gone. I mean, things have happened. Um, I'm getting a lot of comments come through with, you were right, you were right. And, you know, this isn't, uh, um, you know, a seminar in I told you so's, not at all. But it just goes to show that this is what happens. And victims and survivors, they don't have a voice. And I've given myself the task of giving them the voice. And it's my job in really in, in letting them be witnessed and speak out. And we are seeing that anything that goes towards um, getting their testimony out and getting the truth out just gets hit, quashed, smashed, you know, and... They're very easy to, to denigrate and discredit. So since you've been on the podcast, we had the Carl Beach situation. Yep, yep. And if people aren't familiar, Carl Beach, that investigation was allowed to go ahead, even though his claims were bogus. Looking at some of the videos with him, he looks like he's um, he's got very low IQ, he's manipulable and perhaps mentally ill. I think I think actually he's quite an intelligent fellow. He, he, I think he'd become an executive. In his job. I mean... Like, like I said last time, um, when when you look at the career, and I'm not knocking this guy because he's doing a lot of good of victim and survivors, and that is Michael Mansfield, the, the QC, the defence barrister who who made a name for himself really in in taking on the police and good on him really, but he had this um, way of working, this algorithm in which if he couldn't attack the information, he would attack the source of the information. Now I said this right from the start with Carl Beach. Cole Beach has got um, a very disturbing criminal history. 
Um, he has got convictions of a sexual nature against children. I think it's to do with, with, with pornography. Um, but then let's look, he's a victim of child sexual abuse. And unfortunately, sometimes that is a byproduct. In no way am I saying that victims of abuse go and become paedophiles. I'm not saying that, and I would never say that. And, and the survivor community knows that. But unfortunately, there are those that do because there's a lot of learnt behaviour. And if you talk to any psychiatrist, psychologist in that field, that, that they can allude to it. And I think even Kareen Hutsterbart sort of went on, along them lines. Did you uh, not see my interview with Kareen? Click down in the description box below this video. Uh, and so what happened is that, that the Carl was speaking out about the celebrity side of things. And we, we have seen this all along that anything that, that, that points towards celebrities gets smashed to pieces. Mike Veal is a friend of mine. Mike Veal was a chief constable of Wiltshire. He is still coming under attack to silence him because of what he brought out about Ted Heath, the investigation that went on regarding Ted Heath, you know, and he's, he's, staunch in his approach Mike Veal and he's gone on to Sky News and said I am 120% certain that, that Ted Heath was a paedophile and had involvement with satanic ritual abuse well we have interviewed a real Ted Heath victim Mike is Mike on the James is it on the um, is that one coming up is that Michael? Oh, I was waiting for him to send that, his stuff. Is that Michael Tarragher? yeah Michael well, Tarragher. well Michael Tarragher contacted me um quite a while back because he's a victim of Shirley Oaks and he said you can help me and I went and I, I think I did the first video with Michael with the testimony of Michael and um, he mentioned about Ted Heath I, I did an interview with, with a guy called James I can't remember James I'm sorry I can't remember your surname it comes to me in a minute uh, James was put on to me by a, another victim and I did an interview and James also would go on about Ted Heath the fact that and James that they tried to attack James um, really harshly because James said that Ted Heath would turn up at the car park um, by Jack Straw's Castle in his car, in his Rover car, on his own, and would then try and procure boys. Now, I, I put out a video which was filmed by Brees Media, and that was when I visited um, Jack Straw's Castle and I went into the Heath area that the wooded area and it was littered with condoms. And whilst actually I was doing the filming, some guy tried to importune me and saw us filming and he did one, you know. Um, so it's still an active, and this is during the day. And this, this area is literally a hundred meters away from a massive kids playground and little kiddies zoo hmm. um, called, called Holders Park in uh, between Golders Green and Hampstead. Um, so anyway, James said, look, he, he was driving. Now, Ted Heath always claimed he didn't drive, but it came out under the, the recent ICSA thing that Ted Heath, albeit he never had a license, would drive himself about. Um, I advise anyone to get a book called um, Playland uh, by Anthony Daly. I think it's Tony Daly. Uh, he was a rent boy from the meat rack area of Piccadilly. Again, I did another video where I visited all these venues. It was well known to the police. We used to we used to patrol this area on Vice, and Piccadilly Circus is a, the central point of, of London, uh, where all the lights are, and they had the wimpy bar, and the boys were paraded in the front, and they were classed. They were called them chickens. I spoke to so many victims that were taken to this area. So many victims. Um, and there was links with 
organized gangsters there was links with with high up police officers which is what i encountered and um and there was links with people high up in the military and all sorts and in the book play land he goes the lad goes on about places he was taken he was taken to wellington barracks the guards barracks a lot of victims of abuse would also mention they were taken to military bases and again i'm not knocking people that are in the military and i'm not we just deal with the facts here you know and that's that i'll get a lot of support from the military as well especially from the veterans but what i want to say is because of what has happened with, with Prince Andrew, and I did say this in the last video to you, Sean, I said, this is a ball we cannot drop. We cannot afford. God has given us a gift here, right? A bit like Jimmy Savile. You know, these are gifts that we cannot, we need to pursue this. And then we look at people that were involved in it. And I'm going to go through a few politicians um, that have been involved. People need to be campaigning to parliament to their mps and asking their mps is this true what's going on are you a member of these groups and i want to talk about pi which i know sonia did but pi is very instrumental in the chronology of all this organized criminality involving child prostitution which does tie into some satanic stuff and it also ties into some child murders and i want to talk about the jason swift case with sydney cook these these are easily researched these um, are big cases that they're, they're a bit historic, but nothing has changed. In fact, it's got worse. Years ago, we had a well-manned and tenacious police force. We don't have that anymore. It's in total disarray. It, we have lost so much experience um, and it's gone. And the CPS aren't prosecuting cases anymore. They're not. They're really going along the same as like sort of um, burden of proof that the civil barristers work on whereas unless they're guaranteed they're going to win it they're not going to take it on and that's not how our justice system works uh, you know people pay good money to be policed properly the public need protecting the vulnerable need protecting and that has failed and what we're seeing is all of this leads back to parliament and it leads back to cover-ups and at the center of this is child abuse and it is this is the um, fuel that keeps this machine ticking over but also it is a thing which which um, governs this conspiracy of si silence and it really really does i did a bbc interview yesterday on bbc radio sorry and the subject was the police busting kids school kids with thc gummy bears and my first point was what are they um gummy bears you know little sweets yeah, yeah, with, with, yeah. with uh, cannabis stuff cannabis products my first point was, we've got the biggest, highest profile paedophile sex trafficking network since Jimmy Savile right now, exposed in the UK, Epstein, Maxwell, Prince Andrew. Police are doing nothing about it in this country, and they're going arresting school kids with gummy bears. What an absolute waste of police well, resources. Well, I said this to you before, the police do one thing and one thing only, they pick low-hanging fruit. And they do. And this is what they do. Like with me, that the information that I gave over, you'd have thought, well, I generally believe that I was giving them the goose that is shit in the golden egg, you know. But then they attack me. And this is what they do all the time. Um, I, I, I mentioned a guy to you before, a, um, a detective called Christian Plowman, and, and I think he has agreed to speak to you. He's, he's a very, very intelligent, interesting and decent guy. And um, he 
um, talks about his, he's written a book called Crossing the Line and he talks about his career as an infiltrator, um, an undercover officer and how really he ended up feeling sorry for the people that he was prosecuting and, and the real big ones were getting away with it all the time. Um, but this Prince Andrew thing, it's a long time coming. People have been speaking out about it for a long, long time. Bill Maloney has been talking about Epstein since 2008 and he, in his early work he has. Again, they've gone out their way to try and denigrate Bill, but, but these are people that know. Um, and say people like Mike Tarragut never get listened to, they get rubbish. And again, it's like a, it's like a, a repetition and, I, and I, my, my stuff evolves, but I do keep going on this sort of loop with things. You've got to look at the legislation that was brought in in 2003 with a Criminal Justice Act in respect to bad character, evidence of bad character. I mentioned this to a journalist a long, long time ago, um, a journalist for um, who is now freelance, but he at the time he worked for Xara. I know they got a bit of a hard time, but this guy's name's Mark Watson, one of the only journalists who was actually pursuing the child abuse stuff. He's the only journalist who actually turned up at the ICSA and reported on it. And and I said, look at this legislation because it what it does, it, it takes people's bad character into account and it's it's allowed to be brought into evidence. Whereas years ago, you had to have similar fact evidence. And I don't want to bore people with legislation because it, when you talk legalese, it, it is bloody boring. And I don't know how anyone becomes a solicitor because what a boring subject to learn. But... Um, so years ago, it was very, very hard to to bring in someone's previous convictions. And, and because there was burglars that had 50, 60 uh, previous convictions for burglary, were getting off with it. And then at the end of the trial, they were reading out their um, pre-cons and the jury was stunned. So the law changed. Now, there was more of a sinister undertone to this. When we look at, we look at the cycle of an abuse victim, okay, um, you've got someone that's been in a care home, right? I, I, I'll give an example of a guy that, that I've worked very closely with, was put in a care home at the age of four. He was whipped. He was buggered. He was beaten. He was denigrated. You know, treated like an absolute dog, sexually abused, trafficked out and everything else. Um, he went on to live on the streets from the age of 12, got involved with high-level criminality, been through every single institution, and of course, his previous convictions, the Americans call it a rap sheet. We call it pre, pre-cons, previous convictions. You know, it, it would really be an encyclopedia of crime. And it tends to start off very low with things like theft, shoplifting, common assault. Then you combine the two, violence and dishonesty get combined. And then you get robbery and then you, then you move up. And Chris virtually said about his um, evolution through the criminal thing. Right. So you get involved in stealing because stealing gives you money and and you keep alive with it and then you work outside the system and a lot of victims struggle keeping down jobs because it, it is coercive control having a manager tell you what to do they don't like being told what to do because people in, in authority abuse them so that's hardwired into your psyche and if you you upset someone to that monumental degree before the age of seven you're going to make you know um you're going to etch it into their thought process, their, their cognitive ability from a very, very young age. Um, and then when, when when these kids did have 
have the, the gumption, the balls or the bravery or whatever to speak out about the rapes that they were enduring in these care homes. They were whipped and beaten. They were then classed as liars. And that went on their records as liars. So they were classed as liars. Then they'd go on to steal and then they would inevitably get caught. So that was dishonesty. So when later on, the likes of Carl Beach um, and many, many others. Now, um, Michael, that they, they, they didn't pursue his allegations. And if you look at the comments, people just, this didn't happen. There's no way Ted Heath did this. Ted Heath was a very, very active paedophile, as was Leon Britton. And I want to stick with Leon Britton shortly and show how these people become the hubs. This is organised criminality. And I want to give an analogy of, of how this works, right? Um, so then, then they speak out in these um, Crown Court um, trials. And of course, we have the highest burden of proof in, in the Western world, maybe in the world. Our legal system is a benchmark of decency. Now, there's a lot of people will scoff at that. But on the whole, I would rather be tried by a British court than tried by a Panamanian court or a Sri Lankan court, for you know, example. You know, And Europe has um, Napoleonic law where there is the presumption of guilt. We've got the presumption of innocence. It's up to them to do the proving. So when, when speaking out, you're going to get someone that may well have a very chaotic lifestyle. There may be a lot of drink, a lot of drugs, and then they read out the, the, their, their previous convictions, you know, at the beginning of a trial, which they did to Cole Beach. And they turn around and they say, this is a person of dishonesty. Now, if I say to any of you guys out there, dishonesty what would people think straight away one word liar 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 so straight away that is being chiseled into the jury's psyche liar 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 and if you haven't got a good defense team or a good prosecution team whatever side you're on and and it's only up till recently that the cps barristers they used to get paid less than defense barristers so you used to get substandard as it were barristers Right. Um, people that are lower down, like the barrister food chain, as it were, you know, and if they haven't got the gumption and they are, are up against someone like Michael Mansfield, who who back in the day would have exploited this loophole, you know, they're going to crush them. But the thing is, in the legal world, I point a finger at you. You can point a finger at me in the Carl Beach trial. And I know um, when you interviewed Sonia, she had a bit of a different slant. There is a difference between a journalist and a police officer. Journalists tend to want two independently corroborated sources before they move forward and deal with it. I get that because they're liable. I could work on a rumour. So when I was investigating paedophilia and child abuse, I remember once someone said, I think that bloke on that canal boat is looking at child porn. I couldn't prove it, but when I go past, he folds down his laptop. He's a bit strange, he's a bit odd. I went to a magistrate. I got a warrant. I kicked his door in. I seized a computer. It had child porn. Right, so we can work on a rumour. We also work on information from the street, which I mentioned before. I had a lot of um, homeless vagrants, we used to call them, were working with me, you know, and they would tell you stuff. It wasn't backed up by anything more than what they would see on the street, you know. So it is there are two different parameters in, in, what, in what you're sort of working with. So, you know, it, is, it can be very, very difficult. Now, one of, one of the um, prosecution witnesses was Harvey Proctor. Right, the finger should have been pointed at that man. That man has got a conviction. He was arrested on an allegation of sex with an under-18-year-old boy. 
He ended up being charged with gross indecency in 1987, right? And he pleaded guilty. That is a Schedule 1 sex offence, right? So had it have been 10 years later, 1997, he would be a registered sex offender. Let's get that right. And he's sitting there making out he's the innocent party. He's just been paid nigh on a million quid, second payout he's had. We have just shy of 650 members of parliament. When we talk about paedophile MPs, we hear the same five crop up time and time and time again. And this is what I want to talk about, how they have infiltrated our political environment, their backgrounds and the situations they get them in. We are dealing with evil people that not just want to have sex with children, but want to cover up for their friends and colleagues that are doing likewise. And this is exactly what they've gone. In order for us to get anything changed in Parliament, we have to go through these filters and they sit as gatekeepers and don't allow it out. We have, um, I'm going to mention about High Court Judge, who's, who's the um, partner of um, an MP, one of the longest serving female MPs uh, that had links with, with um, paedophile information exchange, PI. Um, so if we look at, okay, this guy's not been convicted, so this is all an assumption and, and an allegation, and it's all alleged, so I'm not going to go down the liable track with this. But look at Keith Vaz. Keith Vaz was exposed as uh, being a cocaine-fueled lover of Rent Boys by the Sunday Mirror. Now, he at the time was in charge of the Home Affairs Select Committee. So whenever there is anything that gets exposed, they have to go before him and his entourage of MPs. Now, there's a lot of allegations about Keith Vaz. I hear a lot, and I'm not going to say anything. Um, there is one MP who's campaigning solidly um, to get Keith Vaz permanently removed from Parliament. And Keith Vaz is part in words when he was uh, removed um, as the, the chair of the Home Affairs Select Committee. It was pretty much uh, along the lines of those who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. And he basically said, if you point fingers at me, look at, you know, who's pointing the finger. Um, so that was a threat. You know, I spoke to someone and said he was he came in and he threatened people because it's not just him. His name crops up a lot. Um, and again, I've got to be so careful. I've got to be so, so careful. Um, but we, we've got a thing that, that was mentioned by Sonia and I have mentioned this solidly. And this is the Reigns list. And I've sent you a copy of it. I don't know if you received it on your email. It's an email. Yeah. Yes. It's very, very worth looking at. And this is... A report it is a phenomenal document and i um appeal to anyone out there even to your american and your canadian audience look it up r a i n s rains list and just put in satanic rains list satanic uh, a woman called joan coleman who was a therapist at the um king's college hospital in london and she was dealing with people with what's called DID, Disassociated Identity Disorder. It used to be multiple personalities. Um, a lot of them were, were drug users and, and, and very, very staunch mental health issues. And they kept saying the same thing. And it all revolved around a big satanic group in Hampshire. And they would name names. And, of course, she would only um, put these names on this list, which she made public. And I think, get this right, it was three people had to mention the same person, independent. 
And lo and behold, one of the names on this list was one of the senior officers in charge of the unit I was on. There's another guy and he's dead. And I'm going to mention him. And his name's Kernahan. He was the chief constable of Hampshire. And of course, this all occurred in Hampshire. And this guy, um, he threatened and silenced uh, another police whistleblower who'd exposed a child abuse ring on the Isle of Wight. And this guy um, was, was instrumental in shutting it down. Uh, there are uh, politicians, quite a few politicians um, that are coming to notice, you know. And it's only when you talk to people like Michael Saraga, like James, James Reeves, that's this guy named James Reeves, victims and survivors, they will come out come out i know a guy who's a victim of grenville Jenner, um and i've got to be very careful again because i am a core participant in the the british government's iicsa the independent investigation into child sexual abuse um there has been five attempts to remove me and uh one of one of the trolls and i'll leave it at that i'm not going to go down that line in this interview so don't think they're worthy of the airtime has been campaigning to um we know it is sean has been campaigning to Twitter to get me removed um and my barrister has said you know there's been five attempts to get you taken off of it because they don't want me giving evidence let me ask you a quick question then going back to Jana. so you said Jana was convicted decades ago if that had been more harvey, harvey proctor harvey proctor sorry yeah, proctor yeah. was convicted decades ago if that had been more modern that would have been on the permanent sex offenders yeah, register. Yeah, if it was post-1997. So now we've got Proctor in court, and you're saying that the game is so rigged that Proctor, the perpetrator, ends up with almost a million-pound settlement. Yeah, yeah. How can the game be that rigged? How's it possible? Well, well, well let, let's look at it, right? And let, let's go right the way back to the 1980s, when, when Jimmy Savile was at his height, uh, he was spending a lot of time with Prince Charles. Again, you get people like David Icke have said, how the hell was he not vetted? How could he have got so near to someone so high up in the royal family? Um, and then you've got, let's, there's a lot of Tory conservative MPs have been exposed, like Leon Britton. Leon Britton was the youngest ever promoted um, MP to Home Secretary since Winston Churchill. At the age of 43 years old, he was given this position just a couple of clicks down from, from Prime Minister. Right? Leon Britton's name crops up time and time and time again, and I've heard it within the, the police environment that this man is heavily involved in young boys. He was stopped by his protection team um, in Victoria Station because he was trying to procure young boys because these, these boys were runaways you know, from care homes, from abuse within the family and would gravitate towards London and they would be picked up from train stations. Savile was picking them up from King's Cross. Victoria Station was another one, Charing Cross. These, these were hubs where these kids were coming. So we take Leon Britton and he would have been vetted. The vetting process would have been there. The um, intelligence services would have got involved, right? Yet nothing ever came out, right? Now, why didn't it come out? Now, there's a thing called a D notice. Now, it served on people to basically silence them, a D notice. Now, people say, oh, there's a D notice. So if they haven't got a clue what a D notice is. Now, I'll ask you now, Sean, do you know what D, no D stands for? Isn't it something to do with whereby they ban the media from reporting on anything? It's an agreement 
between the government, the intelligence services, and the media. D stands for defence notice. D notices were brought out in 1912 during the First World War, right, by the, by the Royal Navy. Royal Navy Intelligence brought it out to prevent idle chat causing harm to life, right? It's a defence notice. It is a military defence tool. So what the hell has that got to do with the civilian world, right? Nothing. But it is there to pr protect a homeland security, for a better term of the word, right? A D notice, a defence notice. It's a military intelligence notice. It's an agreement between the military intelligence services and the media. So military intelligence, and the acronym for that is MI. And we have six MI departments, one through to six. The ones we hear about are MI5 and MI6. And five is domestic and six is overseas. Exactly. Yeah. What are the others? I don't know. I think a lot of them go back to the war days, you know. Um, are they still active? Uh, I'm not sure. MI5, MI6 most definitely are. Although they are civilian in ranks, you know, they're um, so... So D so people get served with these D notices, right? So they're not allowed to talk, you know, and there will be a prison sentence if they do. Now, that's the Tory government, okay? Let's move over to Who, who's getting served with the D notices? Uh, well, people that are speaking out, and, and there's a lot of journalists are, journalist organisations are getting served D-notices. So you're saying that if people start to speak out about political paedophiles, they get served D-notices? D-notices, yeah, which is a military intelligence notice. It's a defence notice. It used to be called the DFSM, I think, or DFSN, and then it got changed in the Second World, no, 1980 to, to, to D-notice. And that's what we, we go in. Now, it was a defence notice. Now, it's just called a D-notice. So they've sort of civilianised this military tool. You know, you can't mess with the British military. You know, they're one of the best in the world. And, and uh, they're, they're beyond all... Um, we've got a thing called uh, RIPA, which is a Regulatory Investigatory Powers Act, right? And it came out in, I think, 1999, 2000, something like that. And it governs how much inf how we go about getting information. The military intelligence don't have to go by that. They can do what they want. They override all that, right? So if we look at Labour, we look at the Labour government, and this is how these paedophiles and their protectors establish themselves at the very, very nucleus of, of our democracy and also then linking into the royal family, right? Um, Tony Blair, Tony Blair. Uh, Tony Blair had a political advisor called, I think called Christopher Bryant, who was a paedophile. Um, and I need to check up on this one because um, Margaret Thatcher, her political advisor was a guy called Patrick Rock, who got done for downloading 12,000 child porn images. So Margaret Thatcher was being advised by this guy. He was classed as, um, no, that was David Cameron. Sorry, that's David Cameron's, David Cameron, his political advisor was Patrick Rock, right? Margaret Thatcher her political advisor, right, was a bloke called Peter Morrison, who was classed as a dangerous paedophile. He was actually classed. He had convictions, I think, to do with raping boys. Again, I'm not sure, but he is a he was classed as a dangerous paedophile. Tony Blair had a bloke called Christopher Bryant, another paedophile. So they're advisors. And, and David Cameron's one, Patrick Rock, 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Bear in mind, this guy had 12,000 child porn images on his computer when he was arrested and he was convicted. He was advising um, Tony Blair on internet security. You couldn't make it up. Now, um, we've now got Jeremy Corbyn, who, who's now, he may well get in next week. We've got a general election coming up in, in the UK. And we've got Boris Johnson on one side. Boris Johnson, who classes that money spent on, on child abuse investigation is money that is spaffed up a wall, which is akin to being spunked up a wall, ejaculated up a wall, whatever. I mean, what an insult to victims and survivors of abuse. Did he say that specifically? Yeah, he said spaffed up a wall. We collared um, uh, Boris Johnson on one of our campaigns. We campaign outside Parliament on the first Wednesday of every month. We're always there. We was there last week. Um, sorry, in the week campaigning. And we collared him and we said, so you Boris, confronted Boris confronted Johnson. confronted Boris Johnson and said, Boris, please come and look. We've got our banners out. Can you talk? I explained who I was. I was with a victim and survivor of, of, of a care home. And he went, no, nothing to do with me. I don't want to know. And he, he couldn't give a toss for us. He could not give a toss for us. He went in. So we've got him who doesn't care. Again, he comes from Eton, the public school, which has provided 11 prime ministers more than any other. And I want to talk about Eton as well, if you can remind me. And on the other side, we've got Jeremy Corbyn. Jeremy Corbyn w was uh, a Labour MP for Islington, you know, and had a lot to do with Islington Council. There was a horrendous care home um, scandal when Corbyn was there and he was warned about it, right? At the same time, Islington Council, and Islington is an affluent area in North London, very, very left-wing Labour, um, but very middle-class. We had two MPs, Patricia Hewitt, who went on to become uh, Tony Blair's Minister for Health. And we had, um, no, three. Patricia Hewitt, uh, Harriet Harman. Harriet Harman is a right honourable, a member of the Privy Council. Harriet Harman is a longest serving female MP, right? And we had uh, Margaret Hodge, right? They set up what's called the NCCL, the National Campaign for Civil Liberties. And they were this think tank group right now. The NCL had, were affiliated to a group that was set up in 19, I think the 1970s. And then it went merged with the NCCL called PI, Paedophile Information Exchange. It had 370 members. Their members included an army major, Someone head up high up in the boys' brigade, 
Um, there was also to do with Christian youth workers. There was someone high up in that. The list was given to the Metropolitan Police. These were men that were campaigning for sex with children and, and, and to legalise um, sex with an under 10-year-old child. Mm. Uh, and they classed it as consensual and loving, right? They were funded by the British government for three years and they were given the protection of the NCCL, which has now gone on to become this group called Liberty, which is run by people like Shami Chakrabarti, and Liberty are seen as this, this sort of like um, haven for any wrongdoing and any minority they can go and Liberty will, you know, uh, protect their civil liberties. They have just morphed from what was the NCCL, you know. And Harriet Harman, she, she doesn't even apologise for it even now. She said it was just an oversight. They were taking money from Pi. They even allowed Pi to give a talk at one of their national conferences at, at, at the London School of Economics. Right. And these and Harriet Harman, she was also she wanted the age of consent moved down to the age of 14. You know, so Margaret Hodge, let's look at Margaret Hodge. Um, it, it was either a father or a husband was was um, Sir Hodge. And um, he became the leader of the NCCL. And he was also a high court judge. So what we've got now is we've got MPs. MPs that have gone on to, the, to what's called the Privy Council and that went on to the cabinet. So these were the these were the legislation decision makers, the front benches of 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 British politics. They they are openly campaigning with a pro paedophile group. Um, also, at the same time, they opened their doors to another group called the Fallen Angels, which were run by paedophiles as well. Again, uh, um, and then they had control over this um this children's home where children were being pimped out. One of the children that was pimped out from that care home was a lad called Jason Swift. I implore anyone, Google Jason Swift, S-W-I-F-T. Um, and he was uh, picked up and trafficked by a guy called Sidney Cook. And Sidney Cook had high up connections. And Sidney Cook and his group called the Dirty Dozen went on to rape and torture Jason Swift over a three day period. And he died. Mm. Um, there was nine other children um, that, that were murdered by this group and Sidney Cook stood trial for the murder, I think, of three boys and the CPS, Crown Prosecution Service. I know in America it's a child protection service, but over here they are our prosecutors. Um, they they refused to run with murder and they downgraded it to um, manslaughter where it was murder. And not only did that, they also allowed Sidney Cook to appeal it and reduced his sentence. Mm. So we're looking at all these connections the NCCL also, the groups that, that they had governance for, right, the uh, a group for single parent families, there was, I think it's the um, the campaign for single parent, or something, not the campaign, there's a, the, the national group of single parent families, um, there was, um, I've got it written down somewhere, um, yeah, Child Protection Act, uh, the Child Protection Action Group, and the National Council for Single Parent Families, so these groups have under their wing vulnerable people. So single parents, right, struggling families, and these groups would offer them respite care, the kids could be taken in, so they had open access, and they had access to the files of these children, right, child poverty, so they knew where to find these kids. This is how, so this is it, this is, this is how this network starts, 
right? They have access. And then, of course, then you've got one of the leaders is a high court judge, right? Now, I got invited to a party and I work with a fantastic barrister on child abuse and I helped him and he he was brilliant. I wrote to his chamber, said, what a great guy. And he'd become a QC and I gave evidence at his QC panel and he did, not because of me, but I was one of the people who stood up for him. Good man when it comes to child abuse. And he invited me to his party and at this party was every single circuit judge, Crown Court judge from London. They were all, they're all friends. They all know each other. It's an elite group that you'll never be a member of. Right, so they've already set up their organisations and then they get given these jobs. You know, like I said, it was um, Margaret Hodge. She was then made Minister for, for Children. Tony Blair made a Minister for Children. What is going on, right? So you can see how this cabal works, how this group works and how they all get together. You know, they all merge together. And so you can't get any motion passed. If you do, if it's someone like me that has to get passed, I have to give them full disclosure of everything I've got. And when I do that, they, they know that all the, all the victims are, they, they know where to find them. They've got their case history notes and they got everything. You know, Jeremy Corbyn knew about what was going on and did nothing. You know, our silence is their biggest weapon. We now need to, but do you know what happened? Someone contacted me the other day and she was a victim of, of abuse from a middle-class family and there was a um, a lord, um, I can't remember his exact name, I did Google him at the time, but he's a prominent landowner in the Liverpool area and this was all centred around Liverpool and she was abused in this elite group and it was satanic abuse that went on and they would do some wretched things to this girl Um and she said, I don't want to go to the police because of what they've done to Cole Beach. You know, and this is what they've done. We've got um, a very brave woman called Esther Baker who spoke out against um, an MP. Again, that's ongoing. He's now suing her. You know, and it pushes these people. They, they've they been pushed down all their lives and told they're liars, they're no good, no one will believe them. And then for the system that is put in place to help them, is monumentally failing them, you know, and they have access to absolutely all the databases, all the children, and this is how it works. And then they, then you've got the military intelligence involved serving D notices on when these people that do go to the press, and they do. I have sat down, like I said to you before, with the with the assistant editor of the Daily Mail, and he said to me, "We knew about Leon Britton, but we couldn't do anything." Every time for 10 years, we've been trying to put a story out and it just doesn't go anywhere. So you're saying that it is so deeply entrenched yep. in the political apparatus that these guys, basically, they can do whatever they want. They know they're going to get away with it because all their friends are in the high places, including in the court systems like the judges. Now, you've touched on satanic abuse. A lot of people, um, it's viewed as controversial, satanic abuse. Some people think that it doesn't happen. Some people think that it does happen. What is your actual definition of satanic abuse? It's sexual abuse with with a religious connotation. So these people believe in a deity and it's done with, with Luciferian worship, worshipping the devil. Um, it takes place at covert locations. Again, the range list actually gives these locations. 
like I said to you earlier, the, the victim and survivor group is split between two. You've got those that have come from the, the, the uh, institutions and everything else. And then you've got those that have come from the satanically abused group. Sometimes they, they, they merge over. Um, one girl said that she was sold into prostitution. And she said when, when she was... Um, abused for the prostitute she was drugged and a lot of the time she was out of it she actually didn't know what was going on a lot of the time and it was only years later she saw porno magazines with her in it as a kid and she said i was just out of it i was i was gone i was out of it she said but the satanic stuff they wanted them awake they wanted them awake is there a, a specific offense working as a police person for satanic abuse does it just come under general it, abuse yeah and this is a problem what they will tend to go with is just the offenses the statute offenses that, that are committed like rape um you, you know violence and everything else um but let me tell you this that when i trained as a detective i had to do specialist training child abuse training you are you are you are vetted and then you are um, psychometrically tested to make sure you're mentally you can cope with it and part of the training is they, they do go through the various cases that have come up and satanic abuse has been highlighted um, with the Orkney case. They, they go on as in the training manual. Can you describe that case for us? Um, it was the the Orkney Islands, which are, the, the, you know, the, the islands right out in the, in the far reaches of the, um, I, I, I'm sure they're, they're just off the northwest coast of Scotland. And it, again, it was just abuse that was going on within that area and of course on islands are always a chosen place because you can't go anywhere and there's a lot of nepotism within an island people stay there they don't move out um so where are you going to go you know you're not going to swim for help you, well, look at epstein stuck. with his island and he right. was about to purchase even more islands and do even more right. stuff right i want to come on to the island thing because there's a lot to talk about on the island stuff um but just to finish what I'm going about those in position of power, right? Now, now there's one guy called Peter Heyman. He becomes Sir Peter Heyman. He was in a group. He worked with a bloke called... He was in with a paedophile group. Peter Heyman was, was a member of Pi. And there was another bloke called Peter Wrighton. Um, now, Peter Heyman was head of MI6. He was the High Commissioner for Canada. And then he was head of MI6. So we've got... MI6 giving out the D notices and their boss is a paedophile or was a paedophile and he was known paedophile. Right now, I want to give you an analogy. I'll just go on about Peter Wrighton. Peter Wrighton was one of the UK's most senior social workers, a paedophile, a convicted paedophile. He wrote a, 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 a thesis on how to look after children, right? How to look after children. And that was still used up until the early 2000s as as the Bible for social work. And it was written by a paedophile. Sean, you interview a lot of people that have come from lives of organised criminality, right? And again, I do a lot of work with, with ex-criminals now, as you know. And again, anyone who knows, knows this is an attack. This is an, an analogy. If you had a company... Right. And you were turning over millions and millions and millions and you had a safe and you had a computer system and all your money and you've employed uh, an ex-safe cracker. Right. You've employed an ex-fraudster, an in internet fraudster, you know, and everything else. And you come into work one day and your bank account's empty and your safe's blown out. Y you know, you're not going to scratch your head for too long to, to realize who's done it. Right. 
it's a bit of a no-brainer. This is what's happening in British politics and with the royal family now. We have got, and it is in their interest to have themselves as child minister in charge of this, in charge of that, in charge of everything else. It was one of the leading child charities that was instrumental in the attack on me, right? You know, people need to wake up. And the satanic side of stuff is, is just another level because it is another secrecy level. People say to me, John, I, I know who's doing all this. It's the Masons and the Jews. No, it is not the Masons. No, it is not the Jews. It, it, what, what absolute bizarre, there will be Masons. There will be Jews. There will be Catholics. There will be everyone else involved, right? One of the people on the Reigns list was, was one of the British Cardinals, you know, who's dead now. He's on the Reigns list. The, the Catholic Church wouldn't help me. They, 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 they didn't want to know me. So paedophiles come from all sorts of backgrounds that is your society you're dealing with your secret society they've got their little dirty secret and they want to keep it they enjoy having sex with children it is their food it is their fuel and they've got an open supply why we have got a knackered broken and rubbish society they that they are like people in an orchard they're like the fat kids that have got into the tuck shop you know they're away and off they go and until we do something about this Right now, if we can move on to the islands, right now, now let, let's look at it. I mean, we're called the British Isles, right? And we have overseas territories and we have them everywhere. Now, people don't know this, but this is a fact. They've dissolved the police force in the Falkland Islands, right? They have drafted as many ex-child abuse detectives as they can from UK forces to go out there to work, right? I was offered the work, right? Um, I won't get it because I won't pass vetting. The Metropolitan Police keep refusing my vetting. Um, but I was asked, but, and, and the, the, the brief was, we can't tell you what it's about, but you'll be brief when you get out to Port Stanley in the Falklands, which is in the South Atlantic, I don't know, 200 miles off the coast of Argentina, right? Um, and it's to do with child abuse, right? The Ascension Islands, right? Christian uh, de Cuna, St. Elena, and uh, there's another one, right? There's these three islands off the coast of Liberia um, in in the mid-Atlantic, tropical islands, right? They're British islands. Same things happen there. Um, there was a massive um, child abuse investigation and the police officers that were out there and the social worker that got drafted out there to deal with it all got arrested and kicked off the island. And it was to do with the American... Um, uh, Air Force Base that was there, Naval and Air Force Base, I think the Naval Base, sorry, and they were procuring the children and, and exchanging the young children for food, right? Uh, if we look at what was going on in the Pitcairn Islands, again, uh, a British territory, it had been going on since the, the days of the mutiny on the bounty, this um, procuring their children. We look at what, what happened in the island of Jersey with Haute de la Garenne, um, Haute de la Garenne had a children's, sorry, was a children's home in the island of Jersey. And there are these Channel Islands and these group of small islands, which are just off the coast of Normandy. And they are, again, a lot of these places are offshore banking territories as well, you know. So there's a lot of money goes out to these places. Um, this kid's home, the, the, the children were being drafted from all over the UK and sent there. Again, they can't go anywhere. You, you can't swim back you know you're stuck there 
and these kids were used for sex parties and they were tortured and some were killed uh they were testimonies were given about um some children were murdered were tortured were never seen again and there was an investigation they interviewed a an ex metropolitan police um i think he was a chief inspector then he went to strathclyde as superintendent and he went out to jersey as a commander high-ranking officer probably the most upstanding copper along with mikeville i've ever met and a guy called lenny harper lenny harper you can google him and you'll see him what a lovely staunch guy um a, a belfast born and bred protestant fella and um got the heart of a lion like him a lot he went out there, he took over the investigation and he openly stated children have been murdered here. Children have been murdered on this island. What happened to Lenny was exactly what happened to me. What happened to Maggie Oliver? Lenny Harper warned me. said, John, be careful. They'll have you. They'll have you and they'll destroy you, meaning the police. right? And they went out their way to destroy and, and humiliate Lenny, you know, and denigrate him and rubbish his name. Um, he found... These kids said that they were taken to this chamber underneath uh, the kids' home. They were shackled. There was a bath there and they were tortured and some died. They found bone. They found bone. They found blood splatters up the wall. They found um, graffiti that kids have written. They found handcuff manacles, handcuffs, right? Lenny Harper took out with him um, a dog. He took out with him um, an archaeologist's and what's the other one there's an archaeologist and there's another one uh that deals with human remains he took out all these experts anyway they found bone right and the anthropologist the anthro the archaeologist found it gave it to the anthropologist the anthropologist said this bone is human skull i know it's human skull because it has collagen on it human beings and pigs are the only animals with collagen and looking at the bone and its growth and everything else, or however they do it, this is an under 10-year-old, right? Bagged it up, sent it off with a unique seal ratchet on it. Off it went to the laboratory. It got diverted to a different laboratory. It's meant to come back to one in London. It got diverted to another one. Uh, when it came back, the results were it's coconut shell, right? And the ratchet, Lenny said, was exactly the same number, but different ratchet. Same number, but different make. And it came back to coconut shell. I mean, and the dog... The dog picked up the scent. This dog is never wrong, right? So they had to attack the dog. And who attacked that dog? Bless her, Kate McCann. Kate McCann attacked that dog because the same dog was used at, um, out in Pradeluge for the... Um, so when so Kate McCann, when she attacked the integrity of that dog, right, out in um, Portugal, it then went the way against Lenny was increased and discredited the evidence of the dog on Hope de la Garenne, which was shut down as well. And there was rumours that the Bell Hack brothers who run um, Jersey were involved. And, and so it went right to the top. And again, one of the MPs, um, what's his name, the MP? I've met him. He spoke out and they put him in prison. They put him in prison for speaking out. His name will come to me in a minute. Um, oh, I can, I can see... Um, Sivray, Stuart Sivray. Stuart Sivray spoke out about it. Uh, yeah, again, and we are seeing the same pattern all the time, same pattern all the time. They they always go out their way to to discredit you. So islands are a big thing. Islands are a big thing because you can't go anywhere. You're stuck there. 
you know. And I, watched, is, I watched one of Epstein's victims um, on TV. She said she was on the island and she was so traumatized. She just wanted to try and swim to get off it. Of course. She would have just died and she's just so helpless and she was just trapped. And then islands are also out of the jurisdiction of the major legal entities. So it's not in within the law of the US or the law of the UK. It's just this. Well, well the, the funny thing is, right, are they going to prosecute Prince Andrew? Well, they should do, of course. But there is part of, of our legal system that is a British subject. If you commit an offence abroad, which would be an arrestable offence in the UK, you can be nicked for it. Is that what happened to that one who got um, stabbed to death in York Prison? He had done offences in Cambodia and yeah, Thailand. Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. And he wrote a paedophile manual. Yeah. What was his name? Huckle, was yeah, it? Yeah, he's a very strange individual, yeah. Do you know anything about him? Yeah, well, I, I, read, uh, I read an article about him, you know, mm. and he'd... Um, he was torturing children and all sorts. He, you know, got himself. I think he sent himself out as a teacher, teaching English, and uh, was caught a few times. You know, and, uh, and he was bragging that in Asia, the families are so trusting; you can get access well, to the of course. kids. Well, the, the one, the one to look is Rodrigo Duterte. He's the president of the Philippines. He says some very interesting things. We heard a lot about him about four years ago, and now he's gone quiet. And I know why they've, they, they've not publicised him because he was speaking out against paedophilia. And he turned around and he was the one that was killing the, the, the drug dealers, just going out with hit squads, shooting them. And he was internationally criticised for it. And one of the people who criticised him was the Pope because it's a Catholic nation. And he does this fantastic speech and he stands up and he, he says to the Pope, how dare you criticise me? You are the son of a whore. He said, your priests came over here. We are kind people. We smile. We are known all around the world for our benevolence, and they are. They fill all our hospitals of Filipinos, very kind, smiley people. And he said, and your priest raped us, and I was one of them. So he was raped. He was raped by a priest. And he said, if you touch a child in my country, you die. You die. And, of course, he's taken this stance. We don't hear of him. I have tried via someone um, I know that, that worked with the DeMarcos family in the military to, to try and... Um, have a chat with him but um it's become a little bit problematic you know but this is what's happened you know and it's just a huge you, you just see this whole favors are brought in and they're brought in everyone but i mean if we look at um uh, bishop ball bishop ball was um a member of uh archbishop Carey's. Uh, you know he was i think the bishop of lewis down in sussex in the south coast of the uk and he was raping boys and who was his best friend prince charles and you just mentioned Prince Andrew. I've got to ask you, because this has happened since the last interview, did you watch the Prince Andrew interview on the BBC? I, I, yeah, I, I started watching it. Yeah, I mean, my God, I mean, it's just unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, what I'm waiting for, uh, a guy called Peter Hyatt, H-Y-A-T-T, he's, he's an American guy and he's a statement analyst. He is fantastic. He's a friend of mine on Facebook. A fantastic guy and he's the one who did the um, brilliant documentary on the McCanns and he analyzed I don't know if you've watched it embedded confessions embedded confessions yes and what is the does he think the McCanns were involved yes and he and he evidences it and he actually passed Jerry McCann off as uh, a, a man of psychopathy and he and he and he says that Kate is a victim of sexual abuse um, and I'd heard that before actually um, but he's very very interested to, to watch um and he said um get me a transcript of that interview 
and I will analyze it for you. And because he, how, what he works on is the, um, all, all on verbals, not on the non-verbals. Because there's a thing with body language. Now, I was lucky enough with some of the stuff to do that I did work with the British equivalent of this guy. Um, and it was funny enough, it was a friend of Jim Gamble's. And I know Jim Gamble gets mentioned. He was the um, uh, senior officer for, I think, the National Crime Squad who, who dealt with CEOP, the, the child online exploitation thing. Jim Gamble, and Jim Gamble put me in touch with this guy. Um, Jim Gamble didn't help me much. This was the only thing he did to help. And this guy was, I won't give his name because he, he wants to remain anonymous and he only deals with prosecution of child abuse. And he does very same similar thing, analyzes people's um, evidence and he, he, he goes on interview transcripts. And, um, and I've spent a long time with this guy working and it's incredible what comes out. See, non-verbals are strange because we've got an open stance here, right? And uh, But some people say if someone's doing this, they're hiding something. No, they're not, right? Some people, when they've been hurt, when you do that, it warms you, it comforts you. You're cuddling yourself. Well, that's what Brendan you know? Dassey was doing, you know? and they said that that's because he was hiding things. Yeah, I know. But he was actually, he, he had been had a hard life, and he was very low IQ. Of course. And he didn't know how to communicate with people. And this is what they do. But, but this other stuff is really, really interesting when you look at um, how this Peter Hyatt works and very, very good. Um, and I think the other one to speak about this would be Kareen Hutzbart and ask her opinion on... Uh, Prince Andrew. Yeah, uh, and Kareen has got such an insight in the Mark de True. The Mark de Tru We've got to look at countries that, that, that have experienced this. Mark de True was procuring children for sex parties for, for the elite and the Belgian royal family. 990 civilian witnesses died in the lead up to that trial. 90, How many? 990. 90, 90 witnesses? Yep, yep. What year was this then? I think 1993. But the Belgian people, a million of them, they say it was half a million, but Corinne said it was not short of, of a million. It was well over 750,000. Took to the streets and said, no more, no more. We're not having this no more. They did something about it. The British people, what do we do? Right, let's look at double standards. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. If anyone in my family, when I was an officer, got arrested, I could be in a lot of trouble and I could have lost my job, right? That never happened to me, but it could have done. I did have a friend that served a long time in prison and they weren't happy about that. But, you know, this was towards the end of my service. So bollocks to them, I don't care, right? An MP, if they've been convicted of an offence which has resulted in imprisonment of not less than one year, so they could have done 350 days in prison. They don't need to declare it. And on application, 
they can ask for their for their um, uh, offences to be expunged. Right, I think we've got 80 MPs that have got criminal convictions, and out of that 80, I think 18 have got sexual offences. Now, these are MPs then that are making decisions and having surgeries. I mean, they have open surgeries, so they could have families coming to them with all sorts of problems. They can have access to all the information. How is that right? And I think it's called the Public Reform Act was brought in, I think, in 1963 or something like that. Again, I'd, I'd have to, but it's worth looking at. They don't need to declare their their criminal convictions or their associations. It is a fundamentally corrupt and flawed system that we are running in the UK. And it really, really is. I mean, if you look at what was happening with um, uh, the Queen's sister, um, Prince Margaret, and her association with John Bindham, the armed robber, you know, in the Caribbean islands. And they were saying at the time there were... Um, um, MI6 officers were, were constantly out there, you know, all the time. They knew what was going on. So they would have known what was going on. They would have known. They would have had their royalty protection officers appointed to them all the time. So well, Andrew's saying that, you know, he was at Pizza Express in Woking yeah. and he wasn't at Tramp Nightclub. Wouldn't that all be documented with the people who were working for him where he been. was? Yeah, it would have been. So why aren't those documents being produced? There, there would have been logs kept. There would have been logs kept of everything. Um, they're, they're kept at the National Archives, which is in queue. What you can ask for, and this is what a lot of people do ask for, and I think Chris is asking for some of this stuff as well regarding uh, his trial, is the um, the Commissioner of Police's um, notebook. They're all kept, right? They're all kept. So all the notes of what went on in that day will be kept. So things like that, whenever they, they'll be wrongdoing around the... Um, uh, the royal family they're protection officers so the commanding officer which which would probably be uh, a chief superintendent which would then have to answer to a commander and then an assistant commissioner they would all have to keep records of all of this so if andrew did commit these crimes would it be the case that those records would disappear now or they would have been burnt in a fire right, right. or um, they could actually be re replaced with an alibi well, well, let's give you examples of this, right? Theresa May was given, she had 114 files of, of high up child abuse was given to her, right? All went missing. Jeffrey mm. Dickens, the MP, uh, somewhere up up, up north, um, there's, there's um, uh, a guy, a girl called Vicky Ash, who's a victim of satanic abuse. She, He had her file and everything. He gave all these files on, on ritualistic abuse to Leon Britton. It went missing. Barbara Castle, who was the leading peer for, for the Labour Party, openly stated that Leon Britton should not be trusted with any information regarding child abuse, should not be trusted. This was one of the peers in Parliament, high up in the British government, is saying that our Home Secretary should not be trusted. And he was given files and it all went missing. You're seeing it with the care homes, with with Michael Tarragher. What happened to his file? Oh, they had a flood or they have a fire. It happens all the time. It's consistently happening. Um, I think there was, um, Kenneth Clark was accused of, of um, sexually assaulting a guy called Ben Fellows. And uh, he then tried to um have been put in prison and been fought here in in the old bailey i, I was there and uh and won uh, but where the files were there was a fire 
in the building and it all went. It, it burnt everything. I mean... Do you think Prince Andrew is guilty? And if so, do you think he will be held accountable in either the US or UK justice system? All right. Yeah, yes, to guilty. Yes, 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 yes. In my opinion, without a doubt, you know, birds of a feather flock together. You know, and anyone who believes this crap that comes out of his mouth, I mean, they, they, they shouldn't be in charge of their own faculties. I mean... My God, it just goes to show this, this cognitive dissonance all the time. We had it with celebrity. I mean, how many people refused to accept that George Michael was gay for years and years and years? No, 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 he's not, he's not, he's not, he's not. He was. It was only when he openly said, look, I am gay, that they accepted it. You know, it is people, they assimilate themselves with them like they know them. You hear them talking about it, you know. I, I mean, I, I was... Um, one cop I was working with, he was talking about Ted Heath like he knew him. Oh, no, he's really good what he did for Britain. Really. And I said, he's a paedophile. No, he's not. You're an idiot. And I actually got openly shouted down in the CID office um, by a detective sergeant because I said that Jimmy Savile was a paedophile. So he's a paedophile. I got shouted down and it was only just before I left, this um, detective sergeant sent me an email apologising, said, I humiliated you. I'm really sorry. I, you know, I, you've got to understand. You know, so this is what's happened. So, uh, will, I, I will it will he be held accountable? I very much I, I, no. I very much doubt it. They'll come out with some crap, right? That they, they will make out that we've dealt with it. There's nothing to see. Now move along. We've had a word with him. It's not in the public interest. Peter Heyman, right? Who was in charge of MI6, was convicted of, 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 of child sexual offences. Right? Anyone else would have gone to prison. The Department of Public Prosecutions, which they had in that day, said it wasn't in the public interest to continue. So that's what they'll say about Prince that's Andrew. That's exactly what they'll say about Prince Andrew. Exactly what they'll say about Prince Andrew. They'll say it's not, uh, they'll say it was an oversight. You know, he won't admit to anything. There's no way. What you need is people to keep coming forward. And I say that to, and, and, and these videos I know go global, and I'm going to make an appeal to, right? Your silence, our silence is their biggest weapon. Speak out because we're doing the right thing. Do not be afraid of these people. Do not be afraid of them. Right? Everyone come forward and let's turn this around. We we have seen them do this, Sean, with with what they've done with, with Operation Conifer, which was run by Mike Field, the Chief Constable Wiltshire. Exactly the same. Yeah, we looked into Ted Heath. Yeah, okay, there was some short fall-ins and all that. There's nothing to see. Move on. We see him do that. We saw him do it with with Yew Tree, with the Jimmy Savile thing. We see it doing it. Boom. And it's always posthumous as well. And we see him do it all the time. Right. The public gets what the public wants, as the saying goes. But hang on. The public, me and you, we don't want a cover-up. Let's do what they did in Belgium. And let's make the government listen to us. They are our servants. They are here to serve us. We don't want paedophiles in government. Write to your politicians, every politician, and ask them, have they been a member of, of any uh, paedophile um, pie or whatever organisation? Ask them. You know, um, why the hell is Harriet Harman? Why the hell is she there? She was facilitating child abusers, this woman. Why the hell on God's earth? And I'll tell you what, there are victims of abuse that watch these and they're grateful for this and they are grateful. I get so many people say, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you. Right. But there are people who have no idea what child abuse is. And I'll tell you what, I'm not, I'm not telling anyone to go and look at child abuse, nothing. But if someone was to show you a child porn video like I've had to watch in my job, 
honest to God, mate, it would traumatize you till the day you die. Them images you will never get them out of your head. And if you think that happened to a child, and I'm going to tell you something, Sean, and I want to put this across here. I don't want to rant, but it needs to be said. Go for it. I was in, I was in court once and this guy had, um, and, and, and pedophiles are very devious individuals. A lot of them don't have convictions like the career criminal. It goes up, like we mentioned, the chronology of crime, this, uh, you know, a college of crime when they go from the minor to the major, right, which is the norm. Pedophiles don't do that. They don't have that. If a pedophile has any convictions other than child abuse, it tends to be for deception because it's a very devious, devious, cunning mind, you know. Uh, I was in court, I was in Harrow Crown Court in, in North London with a case where this guy had some child porn images and he said he got sent them by mistake. Anyway, when we got back the, the report, again, they're liars and I, I hate paedophiles and give me all this nonsense. He was depressed and he was, you know, he accidentally looked at it. But when we got the images back, there were thousands of them. And not only were there thousands, he was also exporting them. So he was downloading and making an image and he was putting in comments, she's really getting it, this one. And I want to talk about the image. This was an image. There was an altar. Now, this may have been a church. It may have been a setup. I don't mean to get too near to this mic. Right? It's an altar. There was a child no bigger than, I don't know, four months on this altar. And there was a guy dressed as a priest raping that young kid. And this pervert had written, she's really getting it. She loves it. What the fucking hell's going on there? Right? Now, his barrister... Um, said, I've been overzealous in my um, categorization of these offences. And a lot of them had um, kids that had come from the Philippines. Again, they always target the third world, Thailand, you can get these sex tourists, you know, go there for the food. No, you don't go there for the food. You go there for the kids. Like anyone who goes to Amsterdam goes there to smoke dope and, you know, and oh, fucking, we, we listen to this crap all the time. We shouldn't listen to it anymore, right? Anyway, so because... Um, Oriental kids have a lower um, fat content. It's very difficult to gauge an age. So you tend to undergrade, undergrade the, the offences. So really where it should be a category five offence, the highest one, you grade it to a four because you can't determine the age because it's all age specific. Right, anyway. So his barrister had this argument and he put this to the judge and the judge said, well, I, I will have to be the arbiter of this. So if you want me to look at that offence, I will have to look at all these images. And and he went, no, 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 please look at this. He went, if you're going to continue this, that's my line. He went, yes, we, we're saying Officer Wedger is, is grossly out of line with what he's done. So he said to me, Officer, can you bring the laptop up? Can you set it up? I want to look at these. I went, yeah, of course. So I go up behind the bench where the judge is and and I just say, look, this is how it comes up, these little thumbnails. And I'll scroll down and I said to him, you gauge the pace. So I'm, and he's going down and all of a sudden he sees this image. He says, stop. I said, what's that? Expand it. So I opened it up and the look on this judge's face, honestly, his eyes popped out of his head. He went, is that what I think it is? I went, yes, sir, it is. And with that, he, he leans over, he gets a pot of pens and he just stands up and he throws them across the court <laughs> This word, seriously, across the court, it smashes on the um the glass, and he went, take that bastard down, and he just <laughs> sent this guy down, and he gave him ten years, but it was a, a sentence that was too high, so it, it did he did get an appeal and it did get reduced, you know, but he gave him ten years, but he, you could see the horror on this guy's face. What was it about that p picture in particular that triggered him? 
it was just so horrific. It was just a young kid being raped by a judge, above a judge by a, um, you know, uh, a priest on an. It was just vile, and the comment as well. Which and he said, "Did he put that one? Yeah, yeah." And we proved it, it was him, and that was it. But he couldn't contain himself. So let's look at that. You, you know, I've had people come to me, right? Women that have been raped from an early age, an infant age, that, that can't have children because their wombs are misaligned oh, because Jesus. a man's penis ain't designed to go in there. I, I, as one guy, his, his spine was damaged because he'd been anally raped and he can't keep down a job because he defecates himself because he, his sphincter oh. muscle and his bowels have just been so down. This is what these bastards do. So when we get these MPs, look, people like Leon Britton and all that, they're protecting them. We got to look at, at the criteria that I've gone through. Right, we have the highest burden of proof in the world. Historic child sex abuse cases have a two percent success rate, but that doesn't mean you can't. I had an eighty percent success rate within that two percent parameter. I was good at my job, and I was. That's why it broke my heart to be removed from it. Right, you need tenacity. You need balls of steel, and you you need to have a heart not to give up because these. There is nothing more important than protecting children, in my opinion, and that is it, baseline and all that. If people could see what I see, if people could have had access to the intelligence that I have, there's things I want to say about that. Right, we mentioned Harvey Proctor, right? Now, I can't say anything because I'll get in a world of trouble, but I know what I know, right? I know what I know, and, and about so many other people as well. And I can't say it. And there's a world of coppers out there. That's why it's important that police officers, whistleblowers are protected. We are protected because we know what we know. These doctors know it as well. They have to treat these these kids and everything else. We need, there's a, there's a young kid that went missing and his name was Martin Allen. And it was in the 80s. And his brother is a lovely guy called Kevin Allen and campaigns to this day of justice and he keeps being blocked by the Metropolitan Police right because his brother was was raped and murdered and it was believed to be people high up there is a photo fit please google the disappearance of Martin Allen and look at the photo fit of the man who abducted him right the uh, artist impression now look through some of the MPs who have been very mouthy about being accused as paedophiles and tell me if one of them matches that photo fit and I'll tell you what, it does. It does, you know. And again, when, when we look at those that, that, that are meant to be there to help us, they're involved with paedophiles. They've got themselves in every single... MPs, there are good MPs. Mike Penning, God bless you, Mike Penning, the Minister for Policing and Crime, stood by me and was removed by Amber Rudd for standing by me. Was removed Mike Penning stood up in Parliament, honest to God, he stood up in Parliament in front of Nicholas Hurd, which is Douglas Hurd's son, who's now the new Minister for Policing, and members of the Home Office, Home Secretary's team, and stood and said that had he not stood by me, he reckons I would have been killed. I had a member of the CIA, the Covert Operations team, said, I'm surprised you haven't been killed, you haven't been done in. You, you know, this is because it's dangerous for them. This... This will undermine political stability. You know, pictures of, of if this, this would all be filmed, it would all, it, you know, they always claim the British police claim that snuff films don't exist, right? Go and talk to the Dutch police. They'll tell you how much they exist. They do exist. I was told 
back in the 70s, a child porn video would cost you the same as a brand new uh, family saloon car. It's big, big money. You know, so even in their death, these kids are still worth money, you know. So they kill them on film. So it's, porn, film. it's a porn and snuff yeah, combined. Yeah, yeah, porn and snuff combined. You know, uh, apparently Sidney Cook, his thing was to do was to strangle the children and rape them at the same time. Who's that? Sidney Cook, the child murderer. Jason Swift, who I mentioned, was under the care of Islington Council when uh, Jeremy Corbyn was a councillor there, where Margaret Hodge and all them were involved in so-called protecting children. Now, now, yesterday's headline news, or in the last couple of days, has shown they're saying this is one of the most prolific sex attackers ever in the history of the UK. And he w went into a house, raped like a 12-year-old boy, raped a teenage girl, then went to another house, raped a 70-something-year-old granny, etc. Have you seen this case on the news? No, no. Because he was on like just a, a, a rape, sexual assault spree, this guy. Yeah. But he'll be caught and then... You know, he'll be put up as a pariah and he'll go to prison and all that, and rightly so, and good on him, and the police should do a good job on it. But what about those that operated, for, like Savile, that have operated for decades and decades and decades and have had the protection of the police? All right, well, let me ask you this then. Say in an ideal world, Prince Andrew, all, more witnesses come forward, everything's corroborated, and he has to be arrested... Let's say you're in the police, the Met Police, and they assign you to arrest Prince Andrew. How would that go down, arresting a royal? Well, it's like most things. I mean, uh, it depends who you're going to get. I mean, you, you get officers, right, that join the royalty protection and think um, that everything to do with the royal family is brilliant. You know, you've got a lot of ex-servicemen join the police right? so, the, so, so you're saying that the royal family have their own police force called the royalty protection royalty protection unit they're part of the metropolitan police so would they be more likely to cover things up that the royals do yeah well they'll know what goes on you know but um that and then you'll get you'll get detectives they take like i said to you before they're two different entities uniform coppers and detectives are two different things i know coppers that wouldn't give a toss from them there, there's people that i work with on on the child abuse stuff you know, especially when it comes to celebrity stuff, they knew what these celebrities were doing. They do. They knew exactly what he said. You know, I, I've had information on, on well-known footballers that people think are brilliant, that are all over the telly. They're not brilliant. They're not nice. You look at the secret of their success. Why are these people everywhere? Uh, an incredibly well-known um, drummer and singer who, who flipped off to another country because he was going to get arrested. And time and time, so many of them, them detectives will have no qualms about going in there and nicking them. It would absolutely be immense pleasure to do it, you know. But you're saying that a lot of people in police are perhaps royalists and would, would protect them as well? There are a lot of them, yeah, a hell of a lot of them. Uh, but there are a lot of uh, good coppers that see a man as a man and, and as crime as a crime and will deal with it. Wouldn't the royalists, though, think that Andrew had crossed the line and he should be brought to justice and have a fair trial? Well, you'd like to think so. Yeah, I think the only hope we've got is Harry Hewitt. He seems to be about the only normal human being they've got, I think. Um, but they're, they're different from us. They think different from us. It's the same as when, when you talk to um, like old Etonians and things like that. They're, they're brought up differently. They're, they're, there's a book called Free Economics. Have you ever read it? Yeah. And there's an interesting thing in Free Economics about how people are trained in school. Whereas, whereas a comprehensive low-down school, Johnny's got four apples, take away two apples, how many apples has got? You know, whereas the post schools, 
you know, and, and if you've got Joshua's got 15,000 acres, hectares, and he, you know, and it's everything's more grandiose and bigger and bigger. And, and some people think that we are here to serve them. You know, and it's just the upbringing, the snobbery, the British class system, you know. We are there for them. We are nothing to them. It's the same as sex offenders, right? You'll get people that will never abuse in England, right? But they go to Thailand, they will stick it in anything that moves because it gives them the anonymity of being a tourist. These people mean nothing to them. They're foreigners. They're nothing to us. If I want to shag one, I'm going to shag one, and that's that. But wouldn't do it in England because that's not the done thing, old chap, you know? And and it's it's the mindset of it all. Um, but there will be intelligence reports on this guy, on, on um, Andrew, and there would have been for a long, long time. I spoke to someone on the way here. Someone rang me and his missus, her dad was the robber who did the Baker Street robbery. You know, when they got into the safe and they found all the... Um, child port uh, not child port, all the sex images of, of princess margaret and things like that um the bloke who found him's daughter's been in touch with me and uh, the sex chat. images of princess margaret yeah and what was there a, a, a kinky or a weird yeah, nature yeah. to these yeah, sex yeah, images? yeah i think i don't think they were paedophilic or anything like that but um it, it would it would have undermined national security and and this is where the d notice comes in and this is where the military intelligence things, because it undermines the political stability. It will also undermine the financial stability because there'll be countries like with Russia won't want to invest with the UK because they're a paedophile country, you know. And we do, you, a lot of East Europeans say that. They said, oh, England's known as a paedophile country. So I've got a guy I interviewed, ex-Florida cop. He's in Russia. He's saying that he's got Epstein sex tapes that were handed to him by a colleague who didn't trust his superiors because he thought that his superiors were going to cover the whole thing up. And I had a guy I work with who is an author I've worked with because we both write about the Colombian cocaine cartels. He was in Russia, and he went and looked at some of the sex tapes to to make sure this guy wasn't telling lies. And he uh, confirmed that this guy does indeed have them. So if Epstein, Ghislaine Maxwell were procuring sex tapes and images of people like Prince Andrew. Yep. Are you saying that that will never come out to the public because it would destabilize the natural order of things? Yeah, it would be yeah, a national yeah. security po- issue. Political stability of the country will, will be upset. It's gone on for... I mean, this is the rumor with Ted Heath. Um, Ted Heath was um, rumored to have been put in that place uh, as, as you know, our, our premier minister, our prime minister... Because he was easily coerced. Like I said um, about uh, Leon Britton. Leon Britton, the fastest ever promoted Home Secretary by Winston Churchill at the youngest ever age. The bloke was a prolific paedophile. Why was he given that place? Because he could be manipulated and, and he would do as he's told. And this is what, it's bribery. It's got bribery. There's a guy who um, was the one who exposed the Elm Guest House list, you know. And he um, he turned around and he, he was the one who would tell me about everything's recorded. It's all recorded. And I said, but why would they record? Like in the police, there used to be a thing called a midnight barbecue. Not saying I ever took part in this or anything like that, but it'd be paperwork. Back then it was all paperwork. There was no computer stuff, but paperwork that didn't need to be about anymore. So it would get burnt, right? Because they didn't want to shred it. They didn't want it ending up on the landfill site or anything like that. So they burn it, it'd go, it'd go missing, right? 
So and I, and I said to him, well, one day I said, wouldn't they want to destroy it? And he went, no, because it's got bribery value. It has bribery value. Now, this is the theory around uh, Ted Heath that he was told to take the UK into Europe because they had so much shit on him, dirt on him, you know. But again, where, my solicitors, the, the case I've got against the Metropolitan Police, they're trying to um, get evidence of, of a collusion to, to, to destroy me and that. And I said, but when, when you're working in a unit and this is put to you, it's a corridor conversation. It is something that don't exist on paper, you know. So there will be no audit trail. There will be none of it at all, and and it's as simple as that. Um, but and, and people people go missing as well. Um, a, a guy wanted to talk to me, and I met him down in Cornwall, and he was uh, in the British Army. He was an infantry soldier, and then he went on to the elite regiment. And then from there, he became a mercenary and he worked out in uh, Nigeria, I think by, during the Biafran War. Um, and he said to me, I, I'm going to go to hell. And I went, why are you going to hell? So I've killed 50 children. And I went, well, well, explain yourself. How can you kill 50 children? Why? He said they were child soldiers that they used and um, would shoot them. And some of them had their backs to us and were running away. And I shot them. I know a few of them. He said, I can see them now shooting them in the head because I knew they'd come back tomorrow. They were drugged out the heads, these little kids. And he said, he said, but I did it for money. And these are little children I was killing. And and I'm, I, I want to talk to you. And I said, why? He said, I want to help you. And he said, because I think your safety is at risk. So there's like a third person now telling me. And he used to do contract killings sometimes. And he, and he would explain how the, these ex- um, servicemen that were in these units were used and he said i never worked in the uk on a contract killing but i did work in hong kong and he said there was someone it was political and they needed taken out and uh, i went out there and i shot him and he said what you got to be careful of and he explained to me he said you'd you get a little revolver and you'd have a bottle of water and you'd cut the top off the bottle and put the gun in there and the, the bottle of water would act as a silencer and so you make out your drinking and you just, sorry, you just pop them in the head. And he said, and that's what I did out there. He said, but I never worked in, he said, a lot of British, soul, you know, servicemen that, that do that sort of work won't work in the UK. They will work abroad. Again, it's the anonymity that you're given by killing a foreigner as opposed to killing one of your own. Are they provided the guns when they get to the country? Yeah, by? yeah, yeah. And they're, they're provided a way out and everything else, you know, an ID and all sorts, you know. But, you know, and he, he said that that's how it works. You'll you'll come in, bang, 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 taken out. Um, there was uh, a girl gets brought into custody, right, and she's arrested down in um, Vauxhall for drink driving. Crashes a car, and the police car pulls her over, and straight away this copper said to me, he "said I knew she'd been in prison because she called me Gov, right." And it's like, and he said she was quite a good looking woman. And she said something familiar about her. I couldn't work out. And, and she was too okay, too comfortable with authority. And I knew she'd been in prison. She gives us a name. She don't check out. And she kept saying, I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be here. And uh, he said, we take it back to the police station. And we um, take her fingerprints. We say to the custody sergeant, don't think she's telling us the truth. She's got ID in this name, but something's not right about her. Anyway, 
it said, we'll take your fingerprints, rush them up to Scotland Yard because you could add this 24-hour service where you'd get a fingerprint expert would look at the fingerprint and, and tell you it was. Anyway, took it straight up there, come back, and the bloke in there said, yeah, I know where this is. And in the meantime, she said, the girl was going to Brixton. So they went to Brixton police station and looked through, they used to have the collator, the intelligence collator would have the box of all the local people that had been arrested and their photos would be on it. They got rid of it. They centralised all of it. But there's not many women. And the paedophiles used to have a bit of red tape on theirs, you know. And it was really weird because as you look at the paedophiles, you didn't even need the red tape. They just looked like a paedophile. You know? And the women were there. So he looked for the women and found this woman and her name was different. He was like, oh my God, that's her. So he takes one of the photos out goes back and they get the result and the fingerprints are in this name she's given but the photo is in this different name so he goes up to the cell opens the little wicket gate and calls out this name from this photo and she reacts she turns around and then she starts crying she said you need to call this policeman now so they call him he said within 10 minutes special branch turn up take her away and this copper knew the special branch officer and said who is she? And he went, she was on the telly and now I can't name this politician. This politician was taken down as a prostitute, had taken her down, taken him down, exposed him for something or other. He went to prison, um, but he then put out a contract to have her killed. And it was so credible, she was moved down to the West Country. She violated her terms of condition by coming back to the Brixton area. But it was that credible and it was... Um, it was some East European uh, mafia gang were given the job of killing her by a leading British politician. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So it, it goes on and it does go on all the time. There was an officer that was involved with Princess Diana, uh, was allegedly having an affair with her. Apparently, allegedly, she had an affair with quite a few police officers. And, and this copper had... Um, this bizarre motorbike accident when there was no one else on the road. You know, another copper told me about that. So it, it does go on. But again, they'll never admit to it. They'll never admit to it. We have a thing in the UK called PII. Europe want to ban it. We have it. It's called public interest immunity. So there's information. You can clear the court and give this information to the judge. It's usually to do with informants or secret information. We can even do it by, by letter to the judge. So they know and Europe doesn't have it, won't allow it. France is dead against it, but we have it. So we still have secret courts going on and our family courts are quite secret. I, I want to say something about the institution and cover-ups. There's a guy called Robert Green. Have you ever heard of Robert Green? The author? No, that's Graham Green. No, Robert Green, 48 Laws of Power. No, no. Robert Green was, um, he worked in the travel industry and he ended up 
becoming an investigator, but he took on a case of a girl called Holly Greig, G-R-E-I-G, Down syndrome girl who'd, who'd alleged she'd been uh, abused. And it, she made this allegation and they checked her out there. I think they even gave her a lie detector test and the psychiatric report that this girl was incapable of lying. And she said about she's taken and raped and she ended up with all sorts of venereal diseases. But one of the names she put forward was Alex Salmon. Now, Alex Salmon, look, he's a senior politician, MP in Scotland. He's under investigation now for 14 sexual, serious sexual offences. Again, there's a media black on it. Don't hear anything about it. Why are we not hearing it? But Robert Green speaking out because this girl mentioned Alex Salmon in, in her evidence. And Robert Green, they put him in prison. They banged him up in prison. But not just any prison, they put him in the Scottish prison system, which is incredibly brutal to any of the British, you know, for exposing this high-level paedophile ring involving Down syndrome children, of which a politician was involved. And um, I think head of their um, legal system, Angelina, whatever her name is, was um, part of the cover-up. And I said, how'd you get on in prison? He said, I was looked after. And I said, okay. He said, why? He said, there was a gangster up here who made sure that no one ever hurt me. And he said, he's very pro what I do. And he said, he's pro what you do as well. I went, who's that? He said, Paul Ferris. He said, he made sure no one hurt me because I was protecting children. And, you know, it shows that, that you, 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 there's good and bad in everywhere where they're demonising a criminal on one level, but they, he's staunchly protecting children. Whereas you've got politicians that are meant to do it. They're actually the ones going out and abusing it. Yeah, but Robert Green is well worth researching as well on the Holly Gray cover-up. Um, and my my inspector at the time, he actually, when he got the information about Holly Gregg, he reported it as well to the paedophile unit and he was told to shut his mouth and back away. So this is a particularly bleak portrayal of the world. You're saying that the whistleblowers end up in prison, the politicians and the judges... All dead, all dead. The politicians and the judges have got the system so locked down they can just do whatever they want and get away with it. And... From what you're saying there, and then looking at what's happened, the Epstein case is developing constantly. Look, looking at what's happened there, you've got all of these co-conspirators named by multiple victims in statements, yep. such as Ghislaine Maxwell out of London, yep. Jean-Luc Brunel out of France. And the only two people who've been arrested in the entire Epstein case are the guards who allegedly simultaneously fell asleep while he was suiciding. What did we say at the beginning? Picking low-hanging fruit. And this, uh, if the public can't draw parallels between this and what we've mentioned, you know, they don't deserve to vote. We need to be taken to the streets. We need, I mean, again, I've got to be careful what I say. I'm not advocating disorder or anything like that, but I am advocating respect for democracy, right, and decency. And we need to maintain this and we need... You know, we, we are seen as a seat of, of decency and democracy in this country. What what are we doing? This is becoming demonic. It's becoming evil. It's, whether people believe in Satanism or not, anyone who has sex with a child is doing the devil's work. End of. They're destroying their soul and they're destroying their lives. Bang. And they should be held accountable more than anything else. And we're letting them get away with it. And we're letting them get away with it at such a high level. We are seeing politicians that are meant to be enforcing these laws, covering it up. We're seeing chief officers that names are cropping up on the bloody reins list, for God's sake, on, on satanic lists. 
what they're doing. Why is it? Why are the newspapers not reporting on this? Why are the people not taking an interest in this? Like I keep saying, the Manic Street Preachers in the song, if we tolerate this, then our children will be next. And this is what's happening. You know, we should be campaigning at the highest level and doing it together. No more division, no more infighting, no more. Let's all get together. Let's all get all the survivor groups together. Let's get all the victims of injustice together. Let's get all those uh, people who, who've lost um, their children due to abuse together. Whistleblower groups all get together. Decent politicians stand behind us. Decent media people get behind us get behind us and let's expose this because if you start picking that scab it will lead all the way back to parliament which is what's happened them children that they are having sex with they're not they're not um harry's uh kid they're not william's kids they're not beatrice's children whatever if they've got any they're not they are taking kids from the lowest common denominator in society and they are doing what they want with them because they think they can and they enjoy it you know, and we are seeing the same thing. This is nothing new. This has been going on for so, so, so long. You know, and it's about time we all said no more. And that's it. Well, you've mentioned Ted Heath, who was our prime minister and he's deceased. In the Epstein case, you've got Bill Clinton. And from researching Clinton, I found out that he was a cocaine-fueled sexual assaulter going back to when he was the governor of Arkansas before he became the president. So... Hillary, you know, she's obviously got huge power base in the deep state, a lot of control over the mainstream media when it comes to cases like this. Savile, he was only exposed after he died. Yeah, it's all posthumous, isn't it? Yeah, Epstein's dead. Um, do you think that there is a possibility that Ghislaine Maxwell then, they're saying that she was like, he, if he was like the the king on the chessboard. She was the queen on the chessboard of this international sex trafficking. She's got the, the home in London where we filmed outside yeah. of in Belgravia. Do you think there's a chance in hell that Ghislaine Maxwell will be, will be brought to justice? Well, brought to justice or killed. I mean, one or the other. But um, well, why is there not statements coming from Cressida Dick, right? Cressida Dick, the commissioner of the Metropolitan Police, was there pressure not put on her? What is she doing about it? Because she did sod all about the information I gave her. Um, so don't hold your breath. But it's her that will have the governance for this. It's her that will be doing it. And and she'll be over overlooked by Sadiq Khan, right? Because he will be the the uh, commissioner. The, all these have got these policing and crime commissioners. He will be the policing and crime commissioner for the Metropolitan Police. So we will be um, steering Cresta um, Dick. So what's a Home Secretary doing about this? You know, the Home Secretary should be should be on this, should be doing something about it, but nothing. You got um, in Epstein's black black book. You got Tony Blair. You got Peter Mendelssohn. You got all these other people. But well, well, Tony again, Tony Blair. He was mentioned by myself earlier on about who he had on his cabinet and who was advising him. All pedophiles, right? Peter Mandelson, I think his name has cropped up on the Reigns list. I mean, the evidence has been there for a long time. Tony Blair shut down um, Bow Street Magistrates Court as soon as he got into power because that was a court that tried and found him guilty under the name of Charles Linton for importuning. Uh, again, that's public knowledge. And that formed part of my evidence to the police because that information was given to me and I passed it on. Uh, you, you know, you, It's always been there. 
It has, you know, and there's always been information about Prince Charles and they just say, oh, it's quirky British eccentrics. No, it's not. They're perverts and they're paedophiles. And let's stop sticking it. Like I said, that, that analogy I gave you earlier, you come into work in your office, you, you, you've just been robbed, you've been defrauded, you've safe blown out and you, you've employed a defrauder, a, a thief and a safe blower, you know, and, you're, and they're sitting there going, well, nothing to do with me. It's the same as this. You know, this is an insult to decency. This is an insult to intelligence and it lacks any common sense. It's just bullshit. It's just wrong. People need to get a grip and realise that the secret of these people's success is that they are perverts. There are millions, millions of good guitar players, good singers. Never hear of them because it's the same people all the time. There's some fantastic budding actors, but they won't go anywhere. They won't. That Corey Feldman now, he's screaming, he's saying that there will be justice. And do you know what, Corey? Good on you. I stand by you all the way. You get out there, Corey, and you, you keep fighting and you keep talking. You come and talk to us as well because we'll listen to you and we'll give you the platform because you're right. And he needs to speak out. So you've mentioned MI5 and MI6 and you said how by having the goods on Ted Heath, they were able to get him to vote in certain ways politically. Yeah. Is this kind of what's called a honey trap in the Epstein course, case, and with you know whatever Heath was up to? Um, is this just a mechanism then that's just taken for granted by the intelligence services no, that they, no, that they no, use? No, th yeah, this, this is a tried and tested system, and it is, and it's worked for a long, long time. That's why when you join the military, you're disciplined, right? You take those lads in the First World War conscripts. They never even heard a car backfire in their life. And the next thing, they were sent in amongst booming cannons 24-7 into machine gun fire. And they did it. And why did they do it? Because they were so drilled with discipline that they had no choice but to do it and to worship the Queen. And that discipline still sticks to this day. When I joined the police, we were drilled by the military. The, the, the guards, they had lads from the Grenadier Guards, took us marching for a civilian police force. But every instructor had come from the military. And it was marching. You had to march everywhere. We had to have our shoes shinier, you know, creases in our clothes and all that sort of stuff. I mean, I, I never wore well with it because I don't, I don't like that sort of thing. But the military guys loved it because it's discipline. And, and doing discipline, you get total complicit behaviour. You know, and people would never think that that's what, what their leaders would do. And, and But we're seeing it now. What, what the atrocities that, that involved with the slave trade and things like that, you know, it's just horrific what went on. But, you know, there, there was one guy I was reading. There's a town in the north called Leyland. You must know Leyland near Chorley. Right, owned by Lord Lay, Lord and Lady Leyland or whatever it is, you know. And they, then they had the big trucks, the you know, the British truck um, manufacturers. And all that money was set from the slave trade, from the sugar trade and all that. It's, you know, dirty, filthy, vile traffickers of human beings and treating people like they're animals. Yet they're, they're revered as being, you know, these decent, you know, upstanding citizens. And they're not. They're vile people that do vile things. And then they get they get rewarded. They get OBEs, you know. Like I was saying about um, um, Patricia Hewitt, Minister for Health, who, who was complicit in allowing this paedophile information made a privy councillor a right honourable there's nothing right and there's nothing honourable about her you know and this is what they do this is their payoff and they they sell their souls man so if honey traps and paedophilia are strategies that the intelligence agencies use consistently yep 
and the intelligence agencies have the highest power in the land. What hope is there to stop any of this? Well, they're a minority and we're not. I mean, and that's that. That's a base level, really. But they have the power and we don't. Well, to a degree, yeah. I mean, but uh, our, our laws are still pretty good and pretty strong laws if they're enacted properly. And they're designed to protect people on the whole. They are. They're, they're, they are good, fair laws. Um, and we need good commissioners of police. We need good police officers. We need protection for people like myself, Lenny, Maggie, and all the others that, that speak out and suffer, because we do. We're still, we're still alive and we're still kicking. And we're still doing our thing. So there is hope. The victims that are speaking out, okay, Carl Beach is, is, is a bad example on so many levels, and it is, it's a deeper subject than a yes or no, did he do it, did he not do it? But okay, Prince Andrew, you know, you're not guilty, well, we'll do a polygraph test then. They, they got rid of the Jeremy Carl show, right, because polygraph tests were shown to work. They broke up families on the strength of a polygraph test because they were truth. They were the truth. Okay, there are people say put a pin in your shoe and tread on it when they ask you a question. Oh, come on, what a load of bollocks. On the whole, they're pretty damn bang on polygraph tests. Okay, do that. And then then go and give a statement to Peter Hyatt and let him transcribe it and look at the results. You know, if you're innocent, of course it won't happen, will it? It won't happen, right? Like I said on many of my interviews, a barrister come up to me once and said, John, understand this and bear in mind i spent an inordinate amount of time in my policing career in crown courts i got to see how our crown court system works and it's far from fair you know it's just a lottery it's a gamble it really is unbelievable and then once you think you've got a stone bonker case you've got a jury you know and if you're dealing with a sex offense case and you've got a load of pedos on a jury you know what chance have you got but he said this to me in this game it's proof not truth the truth hasn't and never will have anything to do with this game. And how sad is that? Proof, not truth. They're, the only proof you're going to get, right? You're going to get you're going to get two two accounts, one from the victim and one from from the perpetrator, right? One will tend to be a discreditable individual with a history of lying behind them, and the other one will be a pervert. And that's that. And that's all we ever have had. You ain't never get... This is why journalists want the proof and want the proof, want the proof. Well, unfortunately, you ain't got the proof, right? You ain't never going to get the proof because these people don't go and molest a kid on the top deck of a bus in rush hour in front of everyone. They do it in private. But things like Pedo Island with Epstein, it may well have been bugged. Now, what's saying that Epstein wasn't part of the machine to set up and to procure these people and all that, that may well be what's happened as well. What was what was his? Who's who's going to benefit from him doing what he's doing? Right? There's no benefit in watching your friend shag a little girl, not unless you're going to get something out of it and you're going to get a payoff out of it. So he was obviously benefiting from doing that and procuring these people, you know. And that's how it works. Listen, all any cop who work with informants, they'll tell you how you get involved with a situation. You become their friends. You live their life. You, you're their best mate. You're there with them through thick and thin. But you ultimately, you are betraying them. You are lying and you are betraying them. And a lot of them undercover officers all go mad. They all have psychological problems because 
at the essence of them, they're good people and they realise they're actually stitching up just victims of society. They're not getting really to the heart of it. They never have done, never will do. Um, so there's too much to lose. But Prince Andrew is, is accountable. The Queen isn't because it's her laws. She can do what the hell she wants, right? But Prince Andrew is accountable. You said about him taking a lie detector test. When he was doing that interview... Twitter was like a human lie detector. Everything he said was immediately being debunked and pictures were sh being shown of yeah. him doing public displays of affection, out in casual clothes, showing pictures of him sweating. It was like that. It was like instantly all yeah. coming out. But still, he's just out there and nothing's happening. And, and I think it was his daughter that put him up to do it. But it shows the arrogance of these people. They think we're, th we're that fucking stupid. They really do. That, that we'll swallow that. Oh, yeah, right. That's it. He's explained that. You know, uh, again, Sean, if you're married and then you get a new job and then you, you come home late and your wife said, where you been? Oh, I had to work late. She'll, she'll swallow that one. And then money starts going out your account. And then you're coming home, you're smelling the perfume. And then it's still late. Oh, the lad's mucked around spraying with this. Okay, you might get away with that one. Then you come back late again and there's lipstick on your collar and there's a... There's going to come a point where she's going to say, you're having me over. <laughs> so why don't people use that same level of intelligence when it comes to these tossers? Why don't they? You know, do they put their brains on the side or whatever? It doesn't make any sense how people think, you know. It really doesn't. And it comes back to like, like that judge when he actually saw the reality of what these tossers are doing. They are fucking young girls. End of. Okay, we've had some girls at 14, and uh, when they were 14, I've come forward now. Did it stop there? Did it really stop there? What else went on? You know, and if you're opening yourself to that, what else is going on? And, you know, we'll wait and see. But I hope it causes a revolution, and I do. I really hope people wake up to this bullshit and look at who covers it up as well. And look at who attacks as well when you speak out. I mean, that's what I do. I just look at the, the, who backs me and who, who who goes against me. And really, your answer's there in a nutshell. You don't need to be told anymore. Why would anyone attack anyone doing good or wanting to expose something? Why? Because they've got something to hide as well and they don't want you carrying on your journey. And they will discredit anyone. They will discredit any copper that's coming forward. They will put an idiot copper on there maybe or whatever. And, you know, who knows? Who knows how deep this goes? And... Uh, Look at who backs the royals and look at who attacks them. And I think you're going to find your answer. But I can't see how he can worm his way out of this. And it'll be very interesting to see how this pans out. And then we can we can make up our own mind. But they, they're going to have to be pretty cute with this one if they expect to get away with this. They really are. John, what would you like to say to your supporters in conclusion out there? Is there anything that people watching this can do for you or work with you in any way or contact you in any way? Yeah, um, what, we're, what we're doing now is that um, in May, uh, we're trying to organise a major campaign demonstration, not protest, I don't know, demonstration. We're going to tell the police we're going to do it. It's going to be outside Parliament. Um, the Beach Home Survivors, so it's, Oh, I just want to tell one thing before we go any further. Beach Home, it's, it's Beach and the word H-O-L-M-E, Survivors Group. They're going to be putting it together. I'm going to ask victim and survivor groups to get in contact. Any other groups, domestic violence group uh, of now liaise with us, the court said group. Um, anyone who's fallen foul of, of this injustice system, 
let's let's have a day of protest let's have a day of protest and there was a guy at the protest uh, a guy called alan merritt i want to give a big shout out to alan and sue from the beach home survivors and alan is campaigning for a woman called Melanie Shaw. I don't know if you've heard of Melanie Shaw. Sounds familiar. Yeah, Melanie Shaw is a whistleblower from a children's home. When she was taken down, and this 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 you'll like, when she was taken down in court, they, they stitched her up and they put her in solitary confinement. But as she was being led out the dock, she shouted that she was sexually abused by Prince Andrew and she's got a photographic memory and she shouted out every digit on his credit card. She shouted him out in live court every single digit in his credit card. So Melanie Shaw, she is now banged up in, in some women's prison somewhere in the middle of England, and they've had her in um, solitary confinement for a very, very long time. So again, the victim goes to prison and yep. the perpetrator gets compensation. Melanie Shaw is claiming to be a victim, Prince Andrew, and that much clarity in her thought process that she read out his credit card details that she can remember. So, you know, this is what they're doing. But do you know what? They only get away with it while we let them get away with it. And they do. Their biggest weapon is our silence. Let's keep speaking out. Don't be frightened. Just keep coming forward. You've got your iPhones. You can do your testimonies on there. Uh, don't worry about trolls. They'll come and go. Anyway, they're, they're, they're just, just a hazard. They, they're just horrible, but just ignore them. You, you know, put your testimonies out. Put it on Facebook. Speak to me. Write to your MPs. Just keep campaigning. Look at the reins list. There's MPs that are mentioned on there. They should all be written to and asked to answer for themselves. They're public servants. They're there to serve us. Let's unite. Let's stand together. Let's do this in a, in a peaceful and, and forthright way. But we do it because we want decency and, and we don't want these perverts anymore. We've got to say no to the perverts and get rid of them. They've got to go. And it's only us that gets rid of them. All of John's links are going to be in the description box below this video. What is your preferred way of people getting hold of you? Um, I'm, a, I'm a bit rubbish at stuff like that. There's a John Wedger Foundation. Um, there's an email on there. John Wedger Foundation. I think it's at gmail.com. John, J-O-N. Um, there is Facebook. I'm on Facebook. There's Messenger. There's Twitter. Um but again, I'm, I'm really rubbish uh, at social media. But the, the, the website is out there. I mean, and failing that, I mean, they can even leave a message on your YouTube or something like that. I've got, I've got YouTube, leave a message. And on the whole, I do get back to people, and I do. Um, but... So if you've got questions for John, or you'd just like to comment on the video, please put them in the comments below this. Huge thank you to all of the people who have donated to keep the podcast being produced in the studio at this quality level with our crew over here, John and James and Joe. And there are links for PayPal, Just Giving, and Patreon in the description box also. We do really appreciate you subscribing. Thanks to all the new subscribers, up over 300,000 now. Subscription logo is in the bottom right-hand corner of the video. And if you've got any other questions or comments, just post them below. So... Take care out there. Thank you for watching. Cheers. Hey, right. respect, man. <laughs> Excellent again. Well, well done. Thank you. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.